0: Hello my friends, Jeff Salzman here and welcome to The Daily Evolver. Today I am here with Corey DeVos, Editor-in-Chief of Integral Life. Hey Corey, how you doing man? Hey my man, another day in paradise. That's right, yes. Good to have you with us and good to have all of you listening and watching. And um, Integral Life of course is the host of the live webcast and I appreciate that so much and um, I encourage everybody to check out Integral Life, the main integral portal in the world, and to become a member if you are so inclined. All right, so today I wanna to take a look at some of the feedback that I've been getting from listeners and viewers. And I have to say that I really do love when I hear from you people, and what I hear from you people. and. I have to say, I have really good listeners. I mean, a lot of it's very positive. It's very encouraging to me. Uh, but there's also a lot of it that just, you know, sort of tries to correct thinking or, or adds something to it. And it really helps me to grow in my own integral process. And, um, and I want to encourage that. Uh, there's a couple ways for you to get in touch with me. One is just good old Jeff at dailyevolver.com. And you can also send a voice memo to that address. Uh, and then I can play it live. I'm going to play some live today here. Um, and then the other is to go to my website, dailyevolver.com, and you can leave a message there. There's a little orange button that's part of a speak pipe thing. You press it, and it's very simple, and that's a way of talking to me too. So the feedback I'm gonna to share today all sort of lines up around a bigger theme. And it's interesting when I read comments uh, you know, how the, these themes emerge. And today the theme is just the sense of what is it to move into integral consciousness? Integral functioning. You know, How does that feel different? How does that look different? What's the experience of moving a vertical stage of development Uh, And, um, you know, if integral theory is correct, integral consciousness is is as different from postmodern consciousness, which precedes it, and modern consciousness, which precedes it, as they are from each other. And there's radical new capacities that arise as we enter integral. And I got some really good descriptions of that. So um, I'm going to start with an audio that I got from a listener, relatively new listener, as he'll explain, uh, from my daily Evolver Speak Pipe. And this is an audio from Tom Van Galen. And I think all I need to do is press the share screen.
1: hi Jeff this is Tom van Galen from up here in Canada um have been tracking with you and um, some of the other intellectuals in the world uh, for about I'm gonna say year and a half now like seriously I'd heard of spiral dynamics uh, probably four or five years ago had looked into it and found it interesting but didn't get it. Um, uh, Lo and behold, uh, well, there's a much longer story here, but um, about a year and a half ago um, had an awakening, I guess, um, in which suddenly integral theory became much more vibrant and very clear and full colored, made the world seem very 3d to me. Um, Mm -hmm. all
0: right that's an oft-told story and that does describe you know in, in 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 Tom's own way uh how that feels there's an actual it feels like an awakening it is it's a state change uh but it's also a stage change there's a vertical movement that's happening in terms of stages of development and Ken Wilber who so many of us have been um, so deeply inspired by, you know, in terms of, a, in my case, a capital T teacher. Uh, He describes this in his book, Integral Spirituality. I'm going to just read two paragraphs from what he says, where he talks about integral being psychoactive. He said, a truly integral framework is not an inert map. It's a psychoactive map. It's a psychoactive system that goes through your entire body mind and begins to activate any potentials that are not presently being used. Once you download the integral operating system, it's simply and almost automatically beginning to look for areas that the integral map suggests you possess that you might not have consciously realized until the framework, framework activates them, lights them up, and makes you realize that you have all of these possibilities in your own being. If you have read this far—and this is page 299 in Integral Spirituality—if you have read this far, the integrative process is already activated in you, and you likely understand just what this means. And I would say the same thing about people who continue to listen to the Daily Evolver. You know, if what I'm talking about here makes sense, if what Ken was just talking about makes sense, if what Tom's talking about makes sense, or it hits the spot in some way, then the integrative process is already activated in you. And until that happens, it isn't. You know, it's just like Tom said, it, it, you know, we all have our stories about this. He read it, he read Spiral Dynamics, didn't quite get it. And then you get it. And then there's a sort of a capital G getting it. And it, again, until that happens, the whole thing, if somebody's trying to tell you about it or sell you on it, uh, it's a little bit annoying. <laughs> and, and I think there's really two categories of critiques that people who haven't really gotten integral consciousness, uh, th- th- that they have of it. One is that it's just gobbledygook. You know, it's just um, too many, too much jargon and too much you know, colors and graphs. And, you know, it would be like me trying to understand quantum physics, which I have tried to do. I tried to read Stephen Hawking. God knows I did. I'm one of those people who bought a brief history of time and got to page two, you know. Uh, <laughs> And, 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 and so, you know, there is, it, it, so there's just that, it just doesn't make any sense until it does. And the other is that it, it, it has so many taxonomies and hierarchies, which we consider growth hierarchies, natural hierarchies, but still there's a lot of antibodies to that whole sort of intellectualizing of reality that people particularly in green have, and I've had it too, and still do in a way. So this is an email I got from Julie uh, last night, actually, and and she writes about this. She says, I have to admit that sometimes integral is way too intellectual for me. It seems everyone just likes to name things, to identify things using integral terminology. In this podcast, in your podcast, she talking about a podcast I did, I I heard your process rather than heard your terminology. So thank you for that. You showed examples of an integration and how appropriate natural integration is built into the human cosmic system of creation. And I can't imagine getting, you know, a better piece of positive feedback because that's exactly what I'm trying to do here with the Daily Evolver is create an on-ramp where people can not only think their way forward, but also sort of feel and inhabit. Their way forward, to, to grow their way forward. And, you know, there's sort of a, a feeling that once you realize that growth is built into the system, as Julie says, then, then you can actively and consciously participate in that growth of the cosmos and, and of your own piece of it. And um, so that's great. The second thing I would say is a probably a necessary defense of all the taxonomies and, and jargon and all that stuff. And, you know, I I, I would just say, think of it as a map. And if you are exploring new territory, a new continent that you don't know much about, the better your map is and the more detailed it is, then the more likely you are going to be able to stay there and take up residency. So that is, um, so that's a, you know, a defense of, of, of that. But again, it, it just sort of arrives. We don't have to make it happen. It's like a nine-year-old doesn't have to work really hard to become a 10-year-old. He just has to be fed and watered and, you know, uh, the growth takes care of itself. And that, that's true for us as, you know, evolving adults as well. All right, so here's another take on how it feels. And this is from Jenny. Let's see if I can make this work. And I think I can. Okay, all right. So hang on, I'm gonna share a screen again so you could hear it. Okay, here we go.
2: you have done certainly with this work on Jordan Peterson. Um, I just wanted to say you've you have a way of taking my this array of thoughts and pointing them in the integral direction and taking them further, taking me further along a path that I find so helpful to my survival in this weird and wonderful place. Thank you again.
0: And I love that. You know, again, that's what I'm trying to do here. And, um, and that disarray of thought that Jenny's talking about, it feels like that. That's sort of the sort of end of the first tier where it's all just sort of confused and there's everything's online and there's a lot online for people who are at, um, you know, modern and postmodern and, you know, all of these earlier stages. And it's, it is confusing. And then it does, it begins to fly in formation. And what is happening is that we actually have a bigger space of consciousness, you know? And we're, it's, it, 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 it's radically different than the earlier stages, again, And and that doesn't mean that we're not still human beings and we're not still navigating this world and navigating new territories. But all of a sudden, we can see the system of thought, the worldview that we used to be limited by. And, And as we say at Integral, what was subject, in other words, what was me, what was my identity, what was Jeff, suddenly becomes the object of a bigger subject, a bigger Jeff who could see that other Jeff, and could see all of the other Jeffs that came before him, and can contain them all in this new, bigger identity. And and it comes on in a couple stages. Integral itself comes on in a couple stages. We talk about moving into Teal, which is sort of entry-level Integral in the sense of it sees this. It sees evolution, it sees development, it sees it in our own interiors, it sees it in culture, it sees it in third person in terms of technology. And you know, it begins to categorize. And this is where we really go crazy with the taxonomies because all of a sudden everything fits and we want to figure out where it fits and it's all so fun and it's, it's, it's that simplicity beyond complexity where it's just a new order of organization. and uh, and of integration, of of, of evolution. And so that's the teal level. And then the turquoise level is the sort of a more mature integral where you sort of, as Ken Ken says, it's like you have the head with heart now and you feel it. And you you look at history and you look at evolution and what science tells us about the origins of the universe and you think, oh my God, this thing is alive. This thing is alive. This thing is intelligent. And this thing is living me. I'm not just living it. I'm living it too, but it's also living me. And that is, you know, this new, bigger identity. And, um, and it's psychoactive, indeed. And I, and I would also say, and, you know, just to put it all in perspective, that every stage is psychoactive. When you first hit it, you know, I could remember my own growth as, you know, I was a little kid. I was chaotic. I was, you know, up to five, six, seven. I'm running around. I'm exploring the world. I'm not overthinking. I'm not thinking too far ahead. I'm trying to get what I want. Uh, I'm crying when I don't. You know, it's the whole thing that we do as kids. And that's sort of human history has that same quality too, a lot of it, you know, back before you know, we're civilized into a traditional worldview. And that happens as individuals. Well, for me, it happened, I'm thinking third grade, you know, age eight, nine. All of a sudden, all of that wasn't enough. It was boring. It was, I, you know, I'd done enough of that. And I suddenly had a realization, and this is, again, a capital R realization in my book, that I was living in a bigger world than I thought. I was living in a bigger world than I had been limited to, and that actually, I was living in a great kingdom, a great kingdom created by Almighty God and where I was loved by Jesus. And, you know, I expanded and, and I breathed in great drafts of space, as Whitman would say, of this transcendent good and evil and in the, in the world reorganized around those two poles and, you know, like everybody else, I wanted to be good. And I always loved the teachings of Trumper Rinpoche, where he talks about basic goodness, not, you know, basic evil. Basic goodness, because we, that's what we want. We don't always do it, and humanity doesn't always do it. But, you know, those were the years when, you know, I tried to do my chores without being asked. I was a Boy Scout, you know, I was a, a devoted little Christian boy, I helped my grandma, rake their leaves. And then, you know, finally that became limiting. And, you know, I moved into orange modernity and, and I realized it's the religion doesn't quite explain it that, you know, God created the six days, the whole thing. I don't know. I'm going with science and that's a new world and that's psychoactive. And it's a, it's not just intellectual, it's a whole, you know, four quadrant affair. And we move up there, and then that's not enough. Science isn't enough, and it's deadening. And you know I, I want sensitivity, and I, I want sex and dro- gay sex and drugs and rock and roll. And, uh, and that's my move into green. And so that feels psychoactive. It in some cases literally was psychoactive as I was doing some of those substances that brought that on. And, um, and there we go. And so with integral, it's kind of the same thing where all of a sudden, you know, know, we're we're not so limited by our postmodern identity or our modern identity. We become more interested in the people that we had been demonizing, the people that we thought were, you know, losers or uh, stupid or co-opted or whatever we thought, our enemies, our ideological enemies, become a little more interesting to us. And as we work with that, and at Integral, we do that as a practice. We take on the perspective of other people, particularly people who are annoying us. And we get in their skin and we look out their eyes and we do that as a practice. And you know, we do that imperfectly. We do it not to get it right. We do it to be faithful in a way. But eventually we stop identifying with any single perspective or worldview in the way that we had. And we start identifying again with this bigger space within which perspectives are arising, within which worldviews are there, fully formed and available to us. And we realize that this bigger space has qualities of a loving intelligence that organizes them for us. Again, we, you know all of a sudden it flies in formation. It's like we didn't have to try, that it's just all there in a new organization And that's you know called being multi-perspectival and having flex-flow vision logic. That's you know well mapped in terms of of uh, adult development. So um, so that's you know how that feels, and and I love what Jenny said about it. So uh, uh, the last thing I want to share is an email that I got from uh, another listener, long time listener and, and who writes me often, and I always appreciate his stuff, Tom Albertson. And he was commenting on, I think the last uh, episode I did on uh, Trump's war cabinet drops a developmental level where I was sort of bemoaning this uh, ascendancy of, of John Bolton who I really do consider to be dangerous especially in combination with Donald Trump. And I made this case, and, um, and Tom writes me, and it, <laughs> he has, first of all, it's funny, God bless him. He has this, like, two or three lines about, here, here, I thought you did a great job earlier, really, really, love Tom. And then this big, long PS, the first, the first paragraph of which is underlined.
2: Can, and- I, can, I just, can I just say, Jeff, that that is one of the common qualities of integral consciousness? Is that your P.S. all of a sudden becomes like five times longer?
0: (laughs) Yes, I agree. You're right. Thank you. That is a a feature of this (laughs) thinking. And and so he writes and he says, okay, P.S., I challenge you to produce just one episode of your show without interpreting slash labeling something we don't like or that vexes us as a, quote, problem, unquote and instead to interpret that same situation from a true second-tier perspective, in the same way you did when you reminded us that a nine-year-old is not a defective 12-year-old and therefore isn't a problem. He says, misapplying the simple problem-solving framework, and I love that, misapplying the problem-solving framework, which is the uh, framework of first-tier memes. Uh, mis- misapplying it to a highly divergent, multiplayer, multi perspectival challenge that arises in a complex context would be like sitting in a high end French restaurant and demanding a bottle of Heinz ketchup. <laughs> and I resemble that remark, but at any rate, he goes on, and I love this last part. He says, In the orientation of the creative, and that's the new orientation. So, we're moving from the idea of there's something wrong, there's a deficiency in every stage of the first six, tier, first six stages. And in, as we move into integral, we move into a sort of a creative orientation to the world. So, that's what he's talking about. He says again, in the orientation of the creative recall, we work with whatever shows up in our circumstances, making sure we know the full truth about our current circumstances as they relate to our vision. And embrace all of the circumstances as welcome and necessary input into the creative process moving forward. This is much more fun, effective, and empowering second tier game to play. This is a much more fun, effective, and empowering second tier game to play than the depressing, ineffective first tier problem solving game. So, <laughs> dang, Tom. Uh, I think that's really beautiful and right on and is an example, and not the only one, I have to say, of my listeners being farther along the path than I am. And I mean that. And that is, um, I, I, I could feel the transmission right now in, in this moment of, 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 of Tom's you know, insight. And, um, and indeed, you know, we are moving from just to put it in real simple language we're moving from a fear operating system to a love operating system as we move into integral and, and into second tier. Um, again, every first-tier meme has some uh, story of how this shouldn't be happening. It's awful that it is. I can't stand it. Somebody needs to be blamed or condemned. It's probably me. Uh, it might be them. You know it's this whole project of fixing things versus the creativity or the um, uh, love operating system where we accept the world as it is and join in the project of perfecting it in our own way, in our own little corner, however we are called to do that, but with love in our heart. And the hesitation to this and the reason why people have trouble You know, taking up a solid residency in this new operating system is because, you know, we have millennia of fear, hundreds of millennia of fear behind us, and we know that fear is a more reliable and immediately powerful force than love is, at least in the sort of on the ground applications that we're working on right now, which is where we feel like we're going completely off the ditch and over the cliff. And so people resist that message uh, that the world is evolving to goodness, truth and beauty and all of that stuff that I talk about, largely because they are afraid that that's going to bring on a complacency. And if I lay down my sword, then I'm defenseless and I'm useless, basically. And, um, and, and there is a realization, and I'm not, uh, Tom's further along than I am here, but there is this realization that love contains everything. It contains power. It contains fierceness. It contains ruthlessness sometimes, if called for. It contains intelligence. It contains sensitivity. It contains actually everything in the whole human smorgasbord except fear. And that itself is a practice, you know, to, just to, to that realization. And, um, you know, and so instead of this shouldn't be happening, it's awful that it is, it's, it's a new radical acceptance. This should be happening, not in the sense that it should be happening, but it is happening. So I guess, therefore, it should be happening because I want to be friendly to reality. And I want to live in reality as it is. And that radical acceptance um, the piece, we have to remember that it means also radical engagement and radical resistance when called for, uh, and uh, but, every, but not the fear and the condemnation and the vexation and the gnashing of teeth and all of the stuff that I still do plenty of, and I think I still will when it comes to John Bolton. But at any rate, I know where I'm going, and I'm working on it, uh, so... Um, I just want to say thank you, Tom, for, you know, pulling us along. So, um, yeah, that's it. You know, we, 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 we want to um, look at this movement of uh, consciousness that we all think we're engaged in and we see and feel and find in each other and all of that good stuff. And uh, uh, because that itself is the engine of continued evolution. It's that we are more consciously involved, that we are seeing more, They're, that we're in, 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 uh, 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 including more in our circle of what we're aware of. And that, that is growth. That happens at every stage. And at integral, it has its own special blessing and thrill. And uh, so I'm happy to share that with you. All right. So, Corey, you hear this stuff all the time. Uh, What are you thinking, my man? Yeah, a few things. First off, beautiful, beautiful descriptions,
2: Jeff. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's it's, it's such an important conversation because, you know, the, the quality of being integral, it's a little bit different depending on where on the path you sort of are right? So I started getting into Ken's work when I was 19 years old. Really? Um,
0: Yeah. Wow. So you were an early adopter like me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty early. Um, You know, and, and, you know, I I sort of had this spontaneous spiritual implosion. um, Definitely not a love and light type experience. It was very powerful, sort of flipped me inside out, deconstructed me. And left me sort of in a pile. And um, I had to start sort of reconstructing myself. And fortunately, I found Ken's work about six months into that process and has guided me, you know, basically throughout my entire adult development. And I'm so, I have so much gratitude that I, you know, found Ken's work when I did because, you know, my memory of that time was there, there were just, there were so many doorways that I could have walked through. And so many of those doorways really do lead into, you know, some blind alleys. And I feel like I had saved myself in retrospect. I, I feel like I've saved myself so much time and energy by sort of, you know, finding Ken. And, I, and I'll always remember, you know, I was, I was in a Barnes and Noble in, geez, must've been 1997, 96. And walking through the new age section, as a lot of, you know, new, new, new journeymen do. And I saw the spine of the book, A Brief History of Everything. I was like, what an arrogant title. Jesus Christ. <laughs> who, who in the right mind would label, you know, would title a book, A Brief History of Everything? And I pulled it out and I looked at Ken's face on the cover. I was like, oh, okay, that guy. That guy looks like he can write a book. <laughs> and I remember thinking, he looks like Superman on chemotherapy. You know, he totally had that, had that look to him. And anyway, and that started sort of my my integral adventure. And you know, for me it's it's been a really long process, you know.
0: Well, well, and, well let me just let me just interrupt for a second just to yeah. say that I want to note that you, you talked about feeling like a disintegration, a you know, often the end of the stage is sort of feels that way. It's depressing, you're done with it, you're sick of it. Um, and you know. And, and so, you know, there is a dark night yep. to each of these stages. In fact, Ken yep. can actually map that out. I forget which one is which, but, but it's true. And, um, and so, yeah, so I just want to say that. And then, so then you found the, the, the brief history of everything. And then how did it engage and, you know, how did it go for you from then on?
2: Yeah, well, so, you know, I I basically immersed myself, you know, I, I started into, and, and I completely immersed myself. I pulled every book by Ken Wilber, I started combing through his bibliography, reading as much of those, you know, as I, as I possibly could, and it started this process of, you know, I love how you and, you know, how Ken describes the integral map as psychoactive, and that's exactly what it felt like. I started, I started, you know, memorizing the map, and what that did was sort of over time, I could feel this accumulation like like there was this, you know, I could always feel the gear works kind of turning away in the back of my head, sort of in my unconscious and slowly, you know, and, and it began as sort of a, you know, a clumsy thing where I'd, you know, like, I'd, I'd look at a piece of information, a piece of data or read a book or a perspective or what have you. And then I'd have to, you know, Consciously, like okay, let's push this through. You know, some version of the four quadrants, and let's. You know, it was a very deliberate sort of effort. Exactly. Fan of you know a long time. I mean, stage transitions take a long time, and honestly, I was getting into Ken's work when I was you know really sort of starting to hit bright green. Right. It sort of you know guided me through green in a certain way, and I and I think sort of kept me honest in a sort of way as i was going through that stage so that i could pop out the other side you know maybe 10 15 years later um you know i don't really think i started um embodying sort of the the more second tier values and wisdoms of of integral until i was you know really into my 30s and had begun my integral career and was surrounded by integral peers and all of
0: that well you were hardcore you you moved out to Boulder and, you know. I moved here just to work.
2: I mean, it got got to the point, yeah. I I Drank drank
0: the Kool-Aid.
2: Yeah, well, and and, and at that point in time, I actually had a very amber relationship with Integral. So everything was sort of disintegrating around me, and all that was left was this desire to be part of something that was bigger than myself. It was this return to, it was this sort of um, consolidation right, back to an amber identity that I had never really been able to cultivate as a child. Well, this became it for me. This became like, you know, this is my bodhisattva vow. This is, I'm going to bend my life around um, proselytizing, uh, you know, this, this big, beautiful vision that has served me so much. Um, so, so that's what I did. I ended up moving out to Boulder, Colorado on a whim you know, I didn't have a place to live. I was homeless for the first week I was out here. Um, all with the purpose of, you know, meeting Ken Wilber and, you know, sort of getting involved with the Integral Project and all that. And, you know, after a couple of years, it started to take off and and here I am. But, you know, I I, I think what I want to point to is, you know, for me, and, and, and this is what's interesting about answering this question, Jeff, and, I, and why I love the way you answered it is, there's as many answers to this question as there are cosmic addresses that are, you know, sort of coming into uh, the integral stage. And all of us are gonna answer it, you know, slightly differently and and sort of have different flavors and different accents and all that. But there's some patterns that really run through, I think all of our experiences and you did a really good job of, of laying out what those were. And for me, you know, it's interesting, oftentimes when we talk about stage development, we think about it as a very sort of ascending process. You know, we, I mean, it's literally an ascending, we're climbing a ladder, you know, and we, we make it to integral and, you know, hopefully with any luck, we, we continue evolving. But for me, in terms of the, the lifelong embodiment of integral, for me, it was largely a descending process because it began with Ken's intellectual works, which expanded my mind, which, which, um, you know, allowed me... To, you know, using Ken's metaphors, download the integral operating system to the point where I could feel it churning away in the background of my consciousness, even when it wasn't at the forefront of my consciousness. Right.
0: And, and you that was gone. Go, well, go
2: so, so, you know, I, I think what that did was, as you mentioned, learning this map helps you, you know, I think the, one of the major benefits of learning the integral map is that it, it helps you be more curious, naturally curious. There's this curiosity that comes online because it's, you know, again, it's a psychoactive map that's itself inviting you directly into the territory. So suddenly you become a lot more interested in other people's experiences and other perspectives. And you begin to take those. Perspectives. You know, at first you take some sort of like my imagining of these perspectives. It, you know, it starts off as almost like here's my caricatured version of your perspective. But as the process sort of takes root, you know, I, I think you start to get a more kind of authentic, empathetic access to, you know, these other points of view. And that itself, you know, again, it's a descending process for me anyway. It's been a descending process. The expanding mind, the the ex, you know expanded capacity to take perspectives that ends up expanding your heart.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, and yeah. also d- descending in the sense that we um, consolidate and and actually do rehabilitation on a lot of these earlier stages that we didn't really that are still.
2: All that, yeah, all that undigested meat, you begin to sort of be able to locate it and you can see, you know, I can be like, oh. Especially,
0: man. you know, your generation, I think, who get, you know, hauled up into green real quick yeah, without getting the other layers installed.
2: Yeah, and, and, and Jeff, I'm, gonna, I'm actually gonna, you know, put forth a, I'm gonna put a little nuance on that and say we're enculturated with a lot of green language that we learn how to use before we even hit a green cognition. So a lot of so that's why I think this conversation is so important because it it has so much less to do with what kind of idioms you use, what sort of, you know, what kind of jargon you draw from. It it goes so much further than the language you're using to communicate whatever it is you're trying to communicate. You really have to start looking at the quality of consciousness that is producing, you know, that communication in the first place, because, you know, there, there's a lot of, and I was, I was this guy. There's a lot of orange memorizing integral maps and using it purely as sort of a, a new taxonomy where I can locate and identify everything. And that's great for what it does. And I think that's great because it, that process itself invites you. It, it sort of leads you into a deeper enactment of this material.
0: Well, And that's the shield to turquoise move,
2: too. That, yeah, I think so. I think so. And, and, and again, that, that descending, you know, by, by that increased capacity to take perspectives, that expands your heart. The heart always seems to, I think, follow, you know, cognition usually leads these things. And then our values, our self-identity, our self-worth, all of that, sort of follows behind. And, and with that expanded integral heart, you know, that's, that's where I think, you know, Ken's, one of Ken's most beautiful transmissions, hurts more, bothers you less, really starts to come into play. And, you know, this, this, this was sort of my response to Tom's thing is, is, you know, I I think we get into trouble when we begin to sort of privilege either side of that street, and we lose sight of the other. Um, because when you hit integral, when when you have the capacity for, you know, again, this 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 integrative consciousness where you can see more, well, that means you feel more. And when you feel more, it it fucking hurts, right? And it hurts deeply. I mean, and it's there, you know, there's it's a toothpaste you can't put back into the tube. There's you can't close your eyes to to, you know, a, the suffering, the ongoing moment-to-moment suffering that people endure, whether or not you've hit this big, beautiful integral consciousness, or not. Like and when you do, you're aware of it. That's right. That's right. And if you get if you get trapped in that suffering, then you know I I I think like like the commenter said, you you can sort of get trapped into this perpetual game of lack and scarcity and fear in all of that, um, at the same time, if you overprivilege the, you know, the other side of the street, the, the um, bothers you less, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's an on-ramp for all sorts of spiritual bypassing and for us to sort of glibly um, deny or overlook or, you know, sort of compartmentalize, um, you know, th- that suffering that actually happens. And I, right. think that, I, I think that it's within that expanded, tenderized, integral heart that we begin to, I, I, some of these paradoxes and contradictions start to get resolved a little bit, um, or at least invite you into, you know, deeper reflection, which then yields, you know, a greater wisdom, and all of that I think serves the next sort of descending current, which is to enact this in your gut, right, in your. Balls or your ovaries or whatever it might be, and to you know really get your hands on the world, um, because it's it's sort of the the fruit of this process where you know again you begin by memorizing what I would say the constructs of integral thought, which then leads you into uh, a, a deeper understanding of what integral thinking is, and I think that's that's the much more interesting conversation because it's that integral, it's the integral thinking that produces integral maps in the first place. That in a sense is a lot more useful than any integral map you could possibly ever, ever memorize. And that helps align, I think, head, heart, and gut in a way that really makes you a much more powerful. Integrated. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it makes you a more you know you're able to move the needle. You're able to show yeah. up in your life and in the world around you um, that much more because of you know that that process. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on, Corey, and and thanks, man. That's a good testimony of you know your own you know uh, journey here, and um, and I would just sort of close the loop here by just reminding us that. This is a practice, you know, where um, we have this, uh, you know, amazing body of work that helps us sort of map the territory, but uh, living there is a practice, and uh, we, I always love the definition of practice. It's the thing we do to be faithful, not successful, mm. but then we are successful. So anyway, funny how that works. So thank you, my man. Thank you, brother. Yes, indeed. Uh, again, thank you, Integral Life, for hosting the live webcast, um, and um, uh, join uh, the, uh, the Integral Life community, and uh, check out the thedailyevolver.com, and forward it to your friends. And I guess it's important that you like it in these buttons, and so like me. and share us yes and share us or whatever so anyway the 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 the, uh, uh, viewership is really building and it's really so gratifying and again i love hearing from you it's so interesting how these this feedback sort of coheres around these various issues and uh it's just so much fun and such a privilege to deal with it uh with you And,
2: and you're right jeff we really do have the best viewers out there it's true Yep. It's true. They're I'm smarter here.
0: than we are. They're
2: more passionate than we are. <laughs> they're, they're just better than us in most ways. So. Yes,
0: indeed. Yep. So keep it coming. Thanks, folks. We'll be back uh, next time for another edition of the Daily Evolver.